Hello and welcome to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast series. Today, our podcast is a research update. My name is Sarah Sheik, and I'm a swine extension educator. Joining me today is Jay Chow Yang, who is a postdoctoral associate in the Department of Animal Science. To get us started today, Jay Chow, will you tell us about yourself, including who you're working with? Hi, I'm Jae Jang. I'm from South Korea and received my master and PhD degrees from Seoul National University. My previous research focused on nutrient utilization in swine, especially determination of feed, feeding level of new byproducts feeding ingredients. Other research interests included effects of group housing on gestating sow welfare. I came to Minnesota about six months ago, and I'm working with the swine nutrition team under supervision of Dr. Gerald Sherson and Pedro Uyola. The current project working on these life cycle analysis for pork production when modifying type and regional sourcing of feed ingredients. Wonderful, and thank you so much for your willingness to speak to me today. What topic will you be sharing with us today? Well, today's topic that I want to share with you is coping with shortage of vitamins A and E in swine diets. And are you able to give us a brief introduction to the project that you're working on? Oh, yes. Before we start, I think I need to explain the background. A fire at a production facility in Germany and the closure of a manufacturing facility in China resulting from environmental concerns has decreased the global supply of vitamin A and E. Therefore, prices of these essential vitamins have increased, and in some cases, quantities are limited. So our team realized that we need to find alternative approaches to manage these challenges without compromising peak health and performance. I find it interesting that the two circumstances that happen in other locations other than the United States have such an effect on our swine diets. Do you know how much vitamin product is imported into the U.S.? Yes, uh, according to the market analysis in International Trade Center 2016, United States imported 1.1 billion U.S. dollar vitamin products which is 14% of imported vitamins based on global important purchases. On the other way, China exported 2.2 billion US dollar vitamin products, which is 35% of global exported vitamins. Wow. Are you able to um, continue explaining why vitamin supply is important in swine diet? Vitamin A and E are essential for numerous metabolic functions in pigs and must be present in the diet because they cannot synthesize the, to meet their daily requirement. However, fat-soluble vitamins like vitamins A and E can be stored in the liver and mobilized to meet requirements when fat-deficient diets. Most nutritionists formulate vitamin and trace mineral premixes to contain vitamin concentrations several times greater than recommended by the National Research Council. Use of high vitamin safety margins 
is a result of uncertainty and viability of vitamin requirements of pigs of different genotypes, health status and housing conditions, as well as being a relatively small component of total diet cost. Despite lack of recent research to establish accurate vitamin A and E requirements for pigs and sows in modern production systems, there are strategies that can be used to minimize the risk of vitamin A and E deficiencies during this period of short supply. And Jay Chow, can you explain what have you been working on to help minimize the risk of vitamin E? and A deficiencies during this time of short supply? Well, uh, we were first informed of this issue in November 2017. So since then, we have monitored the price of vitamin A and E, and we realized that prices, prices increased more than twofold compared to the previous year. To, to help us better understand the issue of low vitamin A and E supply and notify other, we started to review related papers and wrote an article. You can see the complete version of the article on the National Hog Farmer magazine website. I have seen that National Hog Farmer um, article and I think it was great. I've also seen a version of that article in other places as well. So I think that's great on how you're trying to get the word out to um, not only swine nutritionists, but others that should know about this short supply of vitamin A and E. I also think it's great that you're taking the time to talk to me today to record the podcast so that it's another way that we can get this information out. So now, based from your literature review, what recommendations do you have for swine nutritionists to do when formulating swine diets? The first approach is to minimize safety margins when formulating premixes. Assuming that diets have been well fortified with vitamin A and E in the diet previously fed, rely on stored body reserves of these vitamins to make up any potential deficiencies that may occur when feeding diets at the requirement levels. As a part, Formulating diets with feed ingredients that contain high concentrations of vitamins A and E can be a good strategy. For example, a corn soybean meal-based diet contains approximately 0.6 parts per million vitamin A, which covers only 12.3% of the requirement, while a corn soybean meal corn DDGS base diet contains approximately 1.4 parts per, per million vitamin A, which covers 29% of the requirement. Studies suggest that removing vitamin and trace mineral premix 35 to 42 days before slaughter may not affect growth performance of finishing peaks. Consequently, Removing vitamin A and E from least risk population appears to be a viable way to spare vitamin A and E for use in diets for greater risk population. Uh, second approach is to minimize degradation throughout the supply chain. 
Vitamins lose biological activity when exposed to high temperatures and humidity, as well as oxygen, prooxidants such as copper, iron, zinc, chlorine chloride, and light over extended storage time. Consequently, minimizing storage time of premixes and exposure expose to these prooxidant conditions before mixing in complete feeds will minimize the need for high safety margins when formulating premixes. Likewise, choline and inorganic trace minerals accelerate the rate of loss of vitamin potency during storage. Formulating and storing separate vitamin, trace mineral, and choline chloride premixes or using organic trace minerals in combined vitamin trace mineral premixes will minimize the rate of vitamin potency losses before being fed to pigs. Third approach is to minimize oxidative stress. Feeding diets with peroxidized fats and oils can decrease serum and liver concentrations of vitamin E. Likewise, Avoiding low-quality oils or feed ingredients that decrease lipid absorption decreases metabolic requirements of vitamin E. Uh, feeding ingredients such as DDGS that contain sufficient antioxidant components may mitigate the impact of lipid peroxidation. Next approach is to use alternatives to vitamin A and E. Polyphenols have anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties, making them alternatives to vitamin E. Carotenoids are co converted to retinol and may cover a portion of requirements for vitamin A, but conversion efficiency varies depending on multiple factors. There are commercial carotenoid or polyphenol products that have variable capacity to replace vitamin A and E. Last approach is to use injectable forms strategically. Especially, winning pigs are likely to be most vulnerable to inadequate vitamin A and E status and using injectable products at the time of winning may be warranted when feeding starter diets without excess concentrations of vitamin of these vitamins. Great, that's a wonderful list of, of different types of recommendations that you have. So now let's think about um, pig farmers and interacting with their pigs in the barn. Is there any vitamin deficiency disorder producers need to watch for? The major disorders of vitamin A deficiency are neurological and reproductive, while vitamin E deficiency is associated to diseases like Mulberry Heart Disease. The Veterinary Diagnostic Laboratory may assist with diagnostic evaluations. And finally, inclusion of vitamin E in finishing peak diet at levels greater than NRC may increase shelf stability of pork. Therefore, it is necessary to monitor products destined to export. And Jay Chow, based off your work in this area, what conclusions can be made from the knowledge you now have on this topic? 
So current recommendations for vitamins A and E are outdated, but nutritionists, veterinarians, and meat scientists alike should have an integrated approach to determine steps in the pork production system to help cope with the current short supply of these vitamins. Thank you, Jay Chow, for sharing your work on coping with this shortage of vitamin A and E in swine diets with us today. So with that, this wraps up our podcast for today. And I'd like to thank all of those that are listening to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast. Again, this has been Sarah Sheik, Swine Extension Educator, along with Jay Chow Jang, sharing his research on coping with shortage of vitamins A and E in swine diets. To further connect with the University of Minnesota Swine Extension, please visit our website at www.extension.umn.edu backslash swine. And to learn about research being done by our swine faculty in veterinary medicine, please visit their Swine in Minnesota blog at www.umnswinenews.com.